Welcome to the City Podcast, a ministry of Ambassadors Church in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at wearethecity.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you are blessed by today's word. It's not bunnies at all. It's not eggs. It's none of that stuff. Uh, there's a there's a bigger message that God is saying through this. Come on, uh, it's crazy how the world cheapens what God makes beautiful. Like there's a there's this whole story about life and and dead things coming back to life and they want to boil it down to a bunny rabbit having eggs that makes absolutely no sense it, it like bunnies give birth to live bunnies just that's so what, what are we talking about so there's just something special that god a, a message of new life that god brings to us at easter and uh and today is the beginning of that did i tell you where to open your bible sue okay great so you're all really expectant uh matthew chapter 21, Matthew 21. I want to read the full story for us today, uh, just for us to kind of get the whole picture. Matthew 21, Matthew 21, 1 through 11. Matthew 21, 1 through 11. This is the scripture of the triumphal entry. It says, now when they drew near to Jerusalem uh, and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast, a burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put them on their and put on them their cloaks and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, "Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest." And when he entered Jerusalem, The whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. I want to read one more scripture for you. Uh, Let's jump to John chapter 12. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter 12. I want to get John's perspective on this story uh, because it's cool that we have four gospels because it provides us with four different perspectives on the same event. Ever had like, four people go to the same party and four people have like totally different perspectives on how the party went. One person said it was boring. One person said it was the best party ever. One person loved the food. One person hated the food. That's kind of like the gospels. It's four different perspectives about the same party. So John 12, 17 through 19. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard that he had done this sign. So the Pharisees, you know, forever haters, standing on the sidelines, as always, say, you see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the whole world has gone after him. The whole world has gone after him. The word of the Lord. Let's pray this morning. God, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, for this word that's about to bring new life to us. And And we pray, oh God, that we'd be changed and transformed by what you want to say to us today, God. Father, our hearts are open, our minds receptive, and 
And we pray, oh God, that you would just reign over not only this, these few moments, uh, but God, that this word would cause a harvest in the way that we will live from here on out. We love you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Ever had an unexpected visit at your house? Somebody just drops in. Just coming. I'm in the area. Just kind of come coming by. And you know you live way out where there's nothing in your area. It's like you weren't just in the area. You, you, you're coming to see me, aren't you? Uh, and and, and you, someone drops by and you're not ready for the visit. Like it, your hair's all kinds of hot mess and your breath's all kind of weird and, uh, and, and things are just, the house is a mess, the kids are unkempt uh, and, and, and just think, just had a fight with your spouse. Some, some, just, the, just the worst of circumstances happen when, oh, I'm just coming by for a quick visit. Helpful tip, text before you come. Amen. I live in a building, so it, like you don't know if I'm home. <laughs> but but for those of you that have houses and the cars out front, I don't know what y'all are gonna do. But but if when you have somebody just kind of drop in for a visit, uh, you need to be prepared for the visit. I remember when we first got married, and we were first having my parents over for their first parental visit. You, you clean everything, right? And my wife's already. That, that kind that, like, it, it's ready at all times of the day. For any, she's, she's ready in season and out of season, right? She's always ready for a, for a, for a party. But, but when my parents came over, we took things to the next level, right? We're, we're, we're cleaning, we're organizing, we're, you know, making sure everything is, is good and ready. Because when, when somebody is coming that you're expecting, you, you prepare for, for, for the party. You prepare for the, for the arrival. Have you ever been out in public? and you're not expecting to see anybody, and then you run into people that you wish you would, hadn't run into, it's like, I'm going to go to Emerald, and I'm praying, Jesus, that I'm not going to see anybody from church. You're, the first wrong thing you said was that you're going to go to Emerald and not see anybody. You go to Emerald, you're going to find somebody from church. That's just the way it is. Church lives at Emerald. So when, you, when you're going to expect somebody, you prepare for the encounter. There's a preparation that goes into what you are about to, to walk into. Nobody likes to, to, to be encountered with anybody unprepared. You don't like to meet anybody unprepared. You don't like to run into somebody famous unprepared. Like, imagine, like, you're, you're going to meet a celebrity today, and, and you gotta, you got to look right. you got to be the, dressed the part. I remember my first date with Alini, right? The year was 2000 and long time. And, and... And we set the date, the time, and the place. Showered up. Showered like a good long time. Right? Deodorant yourself. Deodorant, antiperspirant, both, right? You need, you need, the, you need both. You can't just stop it. You need to cut the, cut the scent. So you got to, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Deodorants have this two thing where it's like either deodorant or antiperspirant. You need both. Buy both, both, two in one. So I deodorant it up, cologne up, right? You just you pick that favorite cologne, hair on point. Back then my hair used to be like buzz, buzz, buzz. So there was like no hair to comb, but I would still comb it. Uh, just, just, just to, you know, I make sure my lineup's on point. Come on, fellas, you got to make sure the lineup's good. Can't be looking, can't be looking all kinds of dusty. You got to look good. You know when dudes just look dusty? Yeah, you can't, look, you can't be looking dusty. You got to 
Got to be clean. You know, put on that outfit. I want to dress up, but not too dressed up. Got to take it for a car, my car for a car wash. Can't be looking dusty again, right? You got to, you got to make sure everything's clean. You got to get the tires shine on there. Like, we got to, we got to impress today. I, I knew this was going to be my wife. So, so I, 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 was, I, was, I was ready for it. And, and we were meeting in Boston. That was the longest hour drive of my life. Because you're going through, like, how are we, what are we going to talk about? How do I, how do I greet her? Right? Because handshake. Alini had this thing where she liked to shake my hand when we first met. She would always say, hi, Pastor Shane. I'm like, because I, I, I wanted to go in for the, the hug, like the cheek kiss. Come on. Like, so do I shake her hand and be respectful? Do I hug her? Do I give her the, the cheek kiss? Uh, how, do I, how do I handle this? So the hour drive, I'm going through this, and, and we're going to sit, and, and, and we were meeting up at a, at a restaurant, and then I'm like, what do I eat? Like, I like burgers, but burgers are messy. Like, should I, should I just do what I want, or should I do what I, like, should I just get, like, hors d'oeuvres, right? Just, like, nice, light appetizers. I was so nauseous that day, nauseous out of just anxiety. Uh, I, like, I, I was, it was crazy. I felt. It was like an out-of-body experience. And, and so I was going to, and I'm not exaggerating, I was literally nauseous, out of anxiety. And so I, I got there, I'm waiting. She's a little bit late. Some things never change. And uh, no, I'm just playing, 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 I'm just playing. She's a little bit late. And, uh, and the moment comes, the girl of my dreams is walking in. Shane table for two. We go there. I'm looking over the menu. I'm like, burger, hors d'oeuvres. What should we do? What should we do? What should we do? I, I stuck to an appetizer. I, I couldn't. I, I didn't want to look like a pig. I knew I was going to gain the weight later after we got married. So, uh, so I was just like, let me, let me just call it. Let me take it easy today. And she didn't eat much either. We, we, we didn't really eat anything. Uh, we paid to sit at that table uh, and look cute. But there was a preparation because I knew who I was expecting. You know, when, when the person you're expecting is worth it, you prepare for the encounter. You prepare for the encounter. You, you, you prepare for what's to come. You don't just walk into it. There's a, there's a preparation. And that's exactly what's happening on Palm Sunday. Is there's this preparation for the arrival of the king. Like, how, how do you prepare for the arrival of the king of kings? Like, no cars at the time, so we can't choose, like, the best car to, to bring him in. Like, what are we going to do? Let's get, like, the most banging horse we can find to put him on. Like, a white horse. Like, let's, let's give him robes. Let's, let's put a crown on his head. Let's, uh, let, like, what, what are we, let's, let's line the streets with bills, dollar bills. Let's, let's do something. To make him know that, that we, are, we have been expecting him. Like, how do we prepare? And so Jesus turns to his 12 disciples, and he's like, okay, I'm about to walk into the city, and this is going to be like the event of the, this, this is the event of like, not just the century, this is the event of history, right? I'm about to walk into the city like the Messiah, and everybody's going to know this is the one that they've been expecting. This is what your eyes are going to do. Y'all are going to go over there, and you're going you're gonna to find a donkey. 
You're going to find a donkey tied up, not a special donkey, just a normal little old donkey, and you're going to tell the owner that Jesus needs him. That's like me saying to you, I'm going to go over to your house. I need your car for a little bit. I'll be right back. Jesus needs it. Nobody would believe that. But Jesus said, when you go and you tell them that Jesus needs it, they're going to release the donkey to you because I need it. Jesus gets what Jesus wants. That's a word. Come on, that's a word. Jesus gets what Jesus wants. And so the disciples, Jesus' two favorite disciples go, and, 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 and they go get the, the, the donkey, and they just kind of say to the owner, look, Jesus needs your donkey. What do you mean Jesus needs my donkey? Jesus just needs your donkey. And the owner just releases the, the donkey, and, and, and they begin. There's, there's something special in here because what Jesus is about to do, how do we Christ followers prepare for what Jesus wants to do? We live in obedience. Obedience. How, how do we prepare? We obey. We obey. Whatever it is that Jesus tells us to do, we do. If that means you go do something as simple as untie a donkey, you do it. Because when Jesus tells us to do something, it's in preparation for what he is about to do on a grander scale. And so small acts of obedience will eventually lead to bigger things that Jesus is going to entrust us with. I, I love this. In, 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 in Matthew, whatever chapter we read, 21, he says, go and untie the donkey. Matthew 28, seven chapters later, he says, go and make disciples. Before they could go and make disciples, they had to be obedient in the going and untying the donkey. Because until you are willing to obey in the small, God cannot promote you to the big. So it starts with untying a donkey, and then you get promoted to going and making disciples. Don't underestimate the power of obeying the small things that Jesus tells you to do. Some of us act like our calling is below our pay grade where we're worth more than what Jesus is telling us to do. So we'll, we'll jump on the platform to talk, but we won't stand on the parking lot to clean up trash. There's small acts of obedience that lead to bigger acts of service. How, how should we as a church prepare for what God wants to do through and in our church? We obey the simple, small commands that Jesus tells us to do because small acts of obedience lead to big change. Small acts of obedience lead to big change. How do we prepare, right? I was preparing for my first date, showering up, deodoranting and antiperspiring up, coloning up, getting all ready to go, washing the car. And Jesus says, none of those things you need to do for me. I don't care about your external things that you can do. I care about an internal obedience. To obey is better than sacrifice. To obey. To obey is better than sacrifice. Meaning a lot of us have this religious mindset that we need to do things in order for God to use us. Meaning we need to take the shower. We need to look clean. We need to make sure that, our, that we look the part. But, but what Jesus asks for, asks for is not an external thing. It's an internal devotion. It's a willingness to go and untie the donkey. Come on, tell two people, untie the donkey. Untie the donkey. Untie the donkey. Untie it. Untie it. Have you ever been told to do something and you're like, really? It's like when growing up, when you have family back in the homeland and the homeland family calls and your mom or dad tells, tells you to talk on the phone with your homeland family. 
Y'all remember that? Auntie calls from Cape Verde to say happy birthday, and they pass you the phone. Who is it? It's your aunt and Kate Verde. What do I say? <laughs> Ever begrudgingly had to put on the cute voice? Oh, dear. Ever done it? We all did. Love my aunts. But, but there's just that. There you go. Figure it out. No hablo. And then you just have to figure it out. Speaking to my Spanish friends here, because I know your tias were waiting too. What is it about parents that just love to do that? Here's the phone. Now it's FaceTime. And they go around the house showing everybody, say hi. And so you put on the awkward smile for a little bit, like, <laughs> right? And then the moment comes where it's like, okay, what else do I say now? Good to see you. Um, there's obedience. You, you just do it. Why? Because they said. Because if you don't ask for your grandma's blessing over the phone, you're going to get my blessing in a minute when we hang up this phone call. You just obey. Sweating up in here. It's probably this jacket. Got to wear it, though. Um, obedience. How do we prepare? We obey. But then once... Once there's, once there's the preparation, how do we respond when the actual event happens? Right? My first date, the moment of truth came when she, I had been prepared, but then she actually showed up. And I was kind of saying, do I hug her? Do I kiss her? Do I shake her hand? How do we respond? Because there's something that happens when Jesus is about to do something, and how we respond says everything about the condition of our hearts. How we respond says everything about what, what stage we're at. Thank you for putting on that AC. It's going to feel great in a second. There's, there's something special that, that just happens on the inside of a person who is prepared for what Jesus is about to do. Some of us want to be blessed, but we're not prepared for blessing. So we're wondering why we're not feeling blessed. The reason why you're not, quote, unquote, feeling blessed because you weren't prepared for it. Because once you're prepared, you won't need to feel blessed. You just know that you are blessed. This is a word. We better get this on the podcast like this afternoon because the generations need to hear this. There's something that happens when we're prepared. How do you respond? So, so the moment came. The day, right? The king's about to come in the house. He's riding on a donkey. And Jesus does not care how it looks because he is proving that in order to be exalted, you humble yourself. The king of kings is worthy of more than a white horse. He could have put a Lamborghini right there. Why? Because he's Jesus. He could have made a Lambo before Lambos were Lambos. But he chose a donkey. And they open up the gates of Jerusalem. There you go. I'll be in the new Jerusalem someday. Heaven. Glory to God. Doors open wide. Here comes Jesus on his... Donkey. The king that generations had been waiting for. is coming. What do you say? Jesus! Hi! Jesus, look at me. Look at my diseased Tia. She needs healing, right? You, you do whatever 
comes to mind. Ever talk to somebody and they're like, hey, how are you? And then you say, good, how are you? And then they say, good, how are you? And you just keep going with that. Like, it gets awkward. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Like, I just asked that. Um, that moment, what do we say, right? The guy we've been waiting for for 2,000 years has showed up. What's the script? And so, as with one voice, the people of God begin crying out, Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest! Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This word Hosanna was known to them from the Psalms because that word Hosanna means save us. Save us. And so when Jesus is coming in on that donkey on Palm Sunday, the gates of Jerusalem open wide. The Messiah is coming in the gates. They're saying, salvation has come. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Save us turned into salvation has come. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna to the son of David. They're saying salvation has come from the son of David. Salvation has come from the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. A cry for thousands of years of save us turned into a praise party of salvation has finally come. Because I believe that every promise God made in the Old Testament for our Messiah was fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. And salvation came through those gates of Jerusalem and the people had no other option. They began taking off their clothes and laying it on the floor because the promised Messiah, the one that they had been waiting for since the Garden of Eden, had finally come to reverse the curse of sin over humanity. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna is the one who has come in the name of the Lord. Salvation has finally come and they start taking leaves off the trees and, and waving their palm branches and laying their cloaks out before the donkey with the king on it because they had finally gazed at the fulfillment of the promise of God for generations. The ones that the one that Moses had foreseen, the one that Jonah had foreseen, the one that Joseph had foreseen, the one that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had foreseen, the one that the prophets of old had talked about and dreamed about had finally come not on a white horse of victory but on a lowly donkey and everybody had an option. What what do you want to say to the king? And all they could say is, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Salvation had finally come. How will you respond to the move of God? Some of us act like passive observers, just kind of seeing from a distance what Jesus is doing. But I don't want to be an observer. I want to be a participant. Man, if I were there that Palm Sunday, I would have had this jacket off. I would have had my palm branch going. I would have laid down before the donkey myself because I just want to give praise to God that salvation had finally come. How do you prepare for the best event of your life? What do you do? But then what do we do after? I always wondered, what, what did everybody do after? Jesus had come through. It was a party and a half. Their jackets were all destroyed. The donkey had just walked all over it. You know what donkeys do. Everything was destroyed. What do you do after? Some of us love the party, but we don't love the after. 
We want the hype, but then we don't want to do anything with it. And so I love John's perspective because some of the people that had been at the other party where Lazarus had just been raised to life, those folks, they were there at the Palm Sunday thing. They were like party hoppers. They were at Lazarus's thing. Now they're at this thing. I'm sure they were at the resurrection too. They're just, wherever the party's at, they're there. And so they're there and they're starting telling people like, yo, you just got on this? Like I was over there at the other day when he just raised that other dude from the dead. I was actually at that mountain where he gave me a meal from a basket. Like I was, I've, I've, I've been going to all the parties. You just now heard? It's like that person who acts like they're on like the cutting edge of everything. Oh, you only heard about this? Yo, I've been on it like for, for days. Um, and you know, they just started to, but those are those people. Never had those friends? You're always behind. They know of inventions yet to come. Yo, you don't have the iPhone 11 yet? I've been on that. <laughs> so, they're, so they're saying all that, and they just start telling people what Jesus has done. To the point that the Pharisees had to say, yo, the whole world is following this guy. Which made them feel extra insecure. Nobody ever threw them a party when they walked in the gates of Jerusalem. Everyone ran away from those guys. But the Pharisees were perceiving what was happening because everybody was talking about Jesus. Because those who are participating become the witnesses of what they had seen, what they experienced. It's not your job to convince people. It's your job to be a witness. When you witness, I believe the Holy Spirit will do the rest of the job. But the gospel started spreading already, and Jesus hadn't even died yet. Because people were being verbal about what happened. What do you do with what you have? What do you do with your Sunday morning experience here? Do you just kind of go to lunch and then go home and forget? Or do you tell people what God is doing in your life? Because those that are participating are called to be witnesses. My wedding day was the second day I want to talk about. Because my first date eventually culminated in my wedding day. So I woke up on September 26, 2015. And I'm like, from this day forward, my life will never be the same. For the better. And so I got up from the bed that I had slept in for 26 years, because I stayed at my parents' house till the day I got married. Praise God for free electricity and free food and free school and free everything. It was your will to have a kid. It's your bill. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Your will, your bill. So I woke up on September 26th, had my tuxedo set up. My hair was all a little longer and nice and extra gel. 
antiperspirant to the max. It's the best day of my life, marrying the girl of my dreams. The one that I had met five years prior was going to be standing at that altar for a covenant for the rest of our lives. That was, that was a crazy moment. I didn't take it lightly. I still don't take it lightly. And I remember, you know, getting ready, tuxedo on, bow tie on, hop in my car. We're going to drive out to Worcester where we got married. And there's that moment of waiting, right? I've told you about this day before. I'm standing there at that altar and I'm looking down that long, 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 long aisle, like a mile away. And I'm just waiting for those doors to open. I knew I had prepared for that moment. Not only had I committed my life to Jesus, not only had I talked to her dad, not only had I dated her, and I think I was a good boyfriend, not only had I asked her for her hand in marriage, but we had kept Jesus the center of our relationship. So we had prepared for that moment. Then the moment came, those doors opened, she came to that altar, I was a hot mess. Y'all remember, some of you always were there. Tears. All kinds of, like, ugly cry. Not cute cry, ugly cry. Because there was a preparation for a moment. And then what's the response? She's coming down the, what do I say to her? Hi, Alini. Like, what do I say? Come down, shake her dad's hand. Pull back her veil. And I think I said, what are we doing here? That's exactly what I said, wasn't it? What are we doing? What is the, how has all, it went from, hi, Pastor Shane, nice to meet you, to you saying I do to me for the rest of your life? How does that happen? That's my mind blowing up. There's just, I was mind blown. I said, what are we doing here? And then we walk up to the altar. I'm hearing these crazy vows that my dad is telling me to repeat. And I'm just like, this is the best day of my life, the scariest day of my life, the most thrilling day of my life, the most expensive day of my life. This is wild. But I had prepared for this. And my response was, I do. Because I had prepared for that encounter. I do. And I still do, girl. I do. I do. That was my response. And then what, what comes of that? What happens after you leave the wedding ceremony? There's a marriage now. A wedding's over. Now there's a marriage. Where you, where you, you, you come together as one for the rest of your life. We good in here? What are we expecting? Um, what are we doing here? We're here to get married. What comes after that? A marriage. We're here together for the rest of our lives. This year is going to be three years since we've been married. Come on, that's an applause line. Three years. Three years. Seven years since we met. Three years married. And I'm telling you, there's something incredible about a God-blessed marriage where there was preparation, and then there is the, the actual event, and then there's this just life that you live in Christ. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I use the example of marriage to then bring us back to Jesus because we are that bride that Jesus is waiting for. We're that one. 
And Jesus has prepared himself for us by dying on the cross for us. And now the only thing Jesus is saying to us now as his bride is you got to say, I do. You got to accept this love. And so, man, this morning, I don't need to talk anymore about donkeys or coming in on horses. I just need to talk to you about the fact that Jesus was born and he lived and he died because he loves you. He prepared himself for you. And so now we have the opportunity, the blessing to give ourselves back to him. And we say, I do to our groom. We say, I do to the one who gave himself for us. How will you respond this morning? There's only one word to say. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Let's stay obedient. Let's respond with praise. And the results will be that we will be witnesses of the, all the good that he has done. Could you stand? I want to pray for you as we close this service.